Welcome to our season two wrap up episode of the Book Club Girl podcast. We have had some fun and amazing authors on our show this season, and we are so thankful to all of you, our lovely and loyal listeners, for coming along for the ride. I'm Tavia Kowalchuk, and I cannot wait to reminisce about the past eight weeks. Oh, me too, Tavia. I'm so glad we're doing this. Everyone, I'm Bianca Flores, Tavia's co-host, and we are so excited to look back at this season with you and reflect on the conversations that we've had about some fantastic books with the even more fantastic and brilliant authors. So during this episode, we'll be highlighting some clips from the season and also some clips that didn't make it into the episodes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and of course, let's revisit some of the author's affinity literary characters and then later Later on, we will be revealing ours, so stay tuned for that. And thanks in advance for coming along with this journey with us. Let's take a trip down memory lane. Before we jump into our review of the season, Bianca, I really want to know what you plan on reading during our show's summer hiatus. Ooh, thank you for asking me. I love talking books during the summertime. So, <laughs> I mean, there are so many books on my TBR list, but I don't want to bore everybody. So let's just talk about the first few <laughs> on the top of my list. So the first one is Bloodsick. This is a little bit different than what I usually read, but it is a novel set in contemporary Hawaii, which is why I want to read it, in which an overbearing mother and her newly menstruating daughter encounter ghosts, cults, and the scrutiny of the state when they flee their former lives for good. I actually don't know when this is coming out because it was just recently announced, but I'm going to try to get my hands on an early copy for summer reading. And again, I don't often see Hawaii in big contemporary literature. So of course, I'm very excited for this one. That is so interesting. And then the next one is The Hacienda by Isabel Cañas. This is billed as Mexican Gothic meets Rebecca. And so I was like, oh, Oh, this is totally up my alley. Like, it's <laughs> totally my kind of book. So it's set in the aftermath of the Mexican War of Independence about a remote house, a sinister haunting, and the woman pulled into their clutches. I love Mexican Gothic, and I mean, who doesn't love Rebecca? So again, very much up my alley. Sounds amazing. Yes. And then the last one is Olga Dies Dreaming. I can't believe I haven't read this one yet because it's been on the top of my list for so long quick snapshot of what it is. It's the tale of a status-driven wedding planner grappling with her social ambitions, absent mother, and Puerto Rican roots, all in the wake of Hurricane Maria. I think probably by the time this episode comes out, I will have read it. So I'm excited for my future self. <laughs> oh, nice. I love how you're just jumping on it. You're I'm like, just doing it. <laughs> doing it right now. I know. What about you, Tavia? What's on your reading list? So my reading list, I don't know. It's just now that I heard yours, why does it sound as good? But I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you can add my books to your list. <laughs> so... <laughs> Exactly, exactly. We'll just swap halfway through <laughs> yeah, the summer. There you go. So I want to finish the Outlander series or like get up to date on it. I've already read mm. through book three and I have six to go till I'm up to date. And I like I'm holding off to watch the new season of the TV show right. until I'm all caught up. I just for some reason I want to be ahead with the books, not ahead with the shows. So I'm very stubbornly resisting. So that's my major project for the summer. And I hope to turn those pages quickly on the beach, literally. Yes. And then the next book that I'm going to read this summer is Girls They Write Songs About by Carlene Bauer. 
And true confessions, I have to reveal, Carlene Bauer is my best friend. Um, Oh, my God. No way. So (laughs) Girls They they Write Songs About is her second novel. She also wrote a memoir and another book called Francis and Bernard, which was so amazing. It was a novel written in letters. But Girls They Write Songs About is a more traditional novel. And this one is about the friendship of two women in sort of early and mid-adulthood and the ways that that friendship grows and develops. And some of it's set in the music scene of New York, a little bit in the near past. So I just really can't wait to dive in and read this book. That sounds so good. That sounds like a book I would also have at the top of my list. So I'm I'm going to add that to my list. <laughs> I will let you know. It's on sale in June, so I can't Ooh. wait. All right. And I already have the book party like on my calendar. Of course. And then the last one is The Book of Form and Emptiness by Ruth Ozeki. This has been out for a while. And right. I just was reading all the reviews of this book. And I was like, this sounds like I would absolutely love this. So it's just on my shelf. And it's the first one in the row of the TBR. So I'm going to pull it off the shelf sometime this summer and just like plow through it. It's kind of a, a long book. So I'm excited about that. So I've heard I of this know. one. I, yeah. 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 So I I don't know. I mean, what have I just given myself eight books to read this summer that doesn't include <laughs> reading for work? So we'll see. We'll see if I make it out alive. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe you can do this. Okay. So I know it's hard to choose your favorite episode, Tavia, because it's like choosing your favorite child. But I've got to ask, what was your favorite episode this season? So you're right. It's so hard to choose because yeah. all of our authors really, I just enjoyed them so much. It's such a wonderful bunch of women yeah. and just so smart and so surprising. And it was really hard to whittle it down. But I have to say that Tracy Livesay, episode six, was my favorite. I knew you were going to say that one. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't shut us up. We could have talked about Girls Weekends for the entire 30-minute episode. You literally had to, like, interrupt us. So I just enjoyed her so much. I just found her to be energetic and full of life. And I just – I don't know. I just really love that one. It's just – I felt so good after we finished recording. I did, too. That was a really good – that's a really good choice. I I just love Tracy so much. It's so hard for me to choose, but I think – I think my favorite was the cartographers. It was just so fun to be so nerdy and passionate about nerdy things. I'm like, there. I mean, I guess that you know, working the job that we work in, I guess I get to do that pretty often, but I don't get to really have an in-depth conversation about that. And that was just really fun talking about like obsession, passion, and nerdy things with Pong. I also feel like I learned so much about map culture and map history. I feel like I could have just talked to Pong for ages. For sure. She was a great guest. And I just, you know, listened to that episode again. And I really, it's a good listen. It's a, It was a good record and it was a good listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to us for that. Cheers to us. Cheers to season two. I don't have a glass yes. in my hands. I'll hold up my phone. Cheers There's to season two. <laughs> cheers to season two and many, many more, Bianca. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> A reminder to our listeners that we love hearing from you. Follow us on Instagram at Book Club Girl and please keep in touch over the summer. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions for the show, or what you'd like to hear next season, feel free to send us an email, thegirls at bookclubgirl.com. All right, everyone. And now the moment you've all been surely waiting for. Let's get right into it. 
As you all know, we love to laugh here at the Book Club Girl podcast. So let's revisit some fun times we had with some of our favorite authors. First up, we have a clip from our chat with Lucy Foley when Tavia here too closely identifies with Jess's character and reveals her phone addiction. One thing that sent me into a, a total panic was pretty early on in the book, Jess runs out of minutes on her phone. <laughs> and I am addicted to my phone. So the idea of not having minutes is like, no, like worse than my brother being missing, right? So why did you do this to poor Jess? Why did she not have her phone? So on a very boring practical level as a writer, with this book, I'd set myself up with a kind of, I suppose, a number of kind of problems that I needed to fix. So with the other two books, my characters were literally removed from the rest of the world. They were sort of in these isolated settings. But I wanted to find ways to make Jess feel kind of more and more isolated. That sounds really horrible. But, you know, she needed to feel that all of the avenues available to her were sort of being shut down. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. That we're playing this clip about my phone addiction. I literally held up my phone to toast. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Something's never changed. Oh, that's hilarious. Something that didn't make it in to episode three was Sally Thorne talking about how her male co-workers reacted to Josh's character from her debut novel, The Hating Game. I cannot wait to share this clip with you. When I wrote this book, I was still working full-time in an office, and I did have quite a few of the guys in the office basically ask me with the confidence of only, you know, a middle-aged white man, is this book based on me? And you'd be surprised how often I was asked fairly seriously if I if they were the Josh Templeman in this book. And I'd be like, no. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Can you imagine? Basically, have you been pining after me or whatever? No, it's fiction. <laughs> it's my one of my favorite tropes. And, um, you know, like I just... Uh, use my imagination on that one. Oh my god. I mean, of course all those men would think that they're Josh. It is what? so typical. I am totally rolling ah. my eyes. But I guess I'm not surprised. I mean, Josh is so hunky. Of course they would want to be him, right? <laughs> but I, I would never presume that I was the hot girl in the novel. Like, <laughs> so, what's wrong with see, the men? That's, that, I was just going to say, that's the difference, Tavi. I would never presume that, but I could totally see these men being like, Sally, like, isn't that me? Like, I knew you always had it for me. Just like, oh, God. So typical. <laughs> but that actually got me thinking of other dreamy and steamy reads this season. I'll never forget talking about sex scenes with Susan Elizabeth Phillips. That was probably the funniest moment of the season, Tavia. Let's bring up that clip. The sort of sex scene in that book was the one uh, of the yes. two or three most fun <laughs> sex scenes I have ever written in my life. Otherwise, you know, I don't if I can't make a love scene really fun, I tend not to write it. Or if I can't make it interesting, it has to reveal something about plot and character. And I got to admit, I sort of patted myself on the back after that one. I, I love that scene. Oh my god, that scene was amazing. And I felt like it came later in the book than than normal. And it was like, they were teasing each other and you were teasing the yes. reader. We knew it was going to happen. But oh my god, you really made us wait for that one. And when it came, it was just so rewarding. And it's just so good. No I can definitely intended, tell what you mean. Bianca. Yeah. <laughs> <It's so rewarding. laughs> Tanya. 
Oh my God. You know, talking about sexies with Susan is like talking about sex with my aunt. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just so just awkward, but also totally normal and cool. She's the best. I love her. And I remember how shocked you were when I made that naughty joke. Yeah. Oh my God. Then there was that Jenny Colgan episode, which was full of bloopers when oh we were God. recording. I know. So of course, Some people dropped some things. Those people were sober. But let us note, I was the one with the adult beverage that episode. And I'm Bianca Flores. And Tavia, I loved... Oh, my God, again, the stupid mic. (laughs) I'm just going to start over. (laughs) my God. I didn't even touch it. It's just, like, falling Uh on me. Uh (laughs) I promise I didn't touch it. Okay. Yeah, I dropped my mic, like, three times that episode. And then Jenny (laughs) drops her pencil in rural areas is, is extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> Dropped my emergency pencil. I do apologize. First her pencil, then her non-alcoholic beer. And of course I grew up in like the 80s and the 90s where that was a kind of conveyor belt. Oh, goodness, sorry. I just spilled my non-alcohol beer everywhere. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. I know, it's okay. Then, Tavia, you admitted you were under the influence while taping. Heck yeah. <laughs> I have my my book club girl water next to me, and I'm like, oh, one day I'm going to spill it. Spill it everywhere. Do you have wine, Tavia? Is that... I do. I'm going to admit that I keep looking down at my mic thinking I'm about to knock it over, and I'm totally sober, but I keep feeling like I'm going <laughs> to knock it over. Next time, I'm going to have some wine, and I bet I'm not going to knock my, my, my mic over. <laughs> uh, so moving on, Tavia, when are our Highlander men going to enter our lives? I'm waiting. I'll never forget chatting about our little fantasy in our episode with Jenny Colgan. I had absolutely no resistance to this fantasy of buying a van and turning into a bookshop in Scotland. (laughs) Like, what? I was 100% now I want to fall in love with a Scot. I mean, listen, I was already there because of Outlander, but now, like, truly. Oh, me too. (laughs) Where's my my Scottish Islander? Like, you need to show up here in Queens, New York. I know exactly. I, I've never been to Scotland. And now I'm like, well, I need to get a van and I need to go to Scotland. Like, what? <laughs> well, I'm clearly not living to my fullest potential. Well, if I read the rest of the Outlander series like I'm planning, I might just manifest what we were talking about in this clip. There you go. That's your summer task. You got to manifest it. Quick, read those books. <laughs> Can't get enough of the Book Club Girl podcast? Join us on June 8th for our season two virtual wrap party hosted by yours truly and featuring authors Tessa Bailey, Kirsten Chen, Ellie Griffiths, Amiko Jean, Anna Ma, and Wanda Morris. We invite all of our listeners to attend. You can register for free to watch or purchase a special VIP ticket that will get you a bagu full of Book Club Girl swag plus early copies of a few excellent Book Club approved reads. Find out more on bookclubgirl.com podcast. Bring your favorite beverage for a virtual toast with the host and your Book Club Girl crew. We can't wait to party with you on June 8th. Tavia, let's not forget about our chat with Anita and Kelly, the ladies from the Decorating Tips and Tricks podcast. I had so much fun talking with them. I almost wish they were always our co-hosts. They were so lovely. We talked um, a lot with them. We really did. So let's talk about some tidbits that didn't make it into the show, but were too good not to share. 
I remember at one point, Anita tries to convince me that the French country aesthetic is easy to implement, but in this clip, I am not having it. <laughs> but it's very attainable. It's very attainable thing. <laughs> they sound I feel beautiful. Like living like in my also... queen's apartment, like French countryside is not very attainable. <laughs> hey, you know, you can do it anywhere. I know it's so hard to do French country in our small city apartments. I'm like, look, one day I'm going to have the space to do that, the space and the style. But I'm like, right now, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, when I live in the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> when I'm retired. Um, and then I also remember Kelly and Anita getting super detailed about the measurements and sizes of decorative bookcase items. Didn't they say it has to be like two thirds of the height of the shelf? Mm -hmm. If you really want to decorate it, then you're probably going to find need to find another place to put some of those books. But I think it's so personalized rather than suggest certain things. I mean, I think that's where you put the things that really are meaningful to you. I mean, you can certainly put a plant up there. I mean, I just have some funky things like antique trophies. I have paintings, just weird wow. things. I have like cake molds. I mean, really <laughs> the street sign. Uh, so I have a lot of different things in there, but those are antiques that, that I love. So I think one tip, uh, if you're not gonna put much in it, but you wanna kind of jazz it up. I mean, if you don't have much else to put in there besides a book is to put some fabric or wallpaper oh. or uh, paint on the back. So that anything showing behind the books will be very fun. Just a beautiful thing to add to the room. You know, so then you don't really need much in there besides the books, but also, you know, if you're gonna add things, I think it's really important to put in things that are special to you. Maybe you have a collection mm -hmm. and there's a few things that you wanna add in there, part of your collection, I think that's a great idea. I mean, probably the only rule I think on it is to make sure that the things you're putting in aren't too small. So you don't wanna mm -hmm. put in something that's maybe three or four inches tall. You know, you want something maybe that's gonna take up two thirds to three fourths of the space between the two shelves. Right. Wow, you have measurements and everything. <laughs> we try, we try. I'm she, totally not following. I'm totally not following that rule. I have like <laughs> it, like itty bitty teeny weeny things on my bookcase shelf. <laughs> like they're like they're literally like an inch tall. Well move those to a tray somewhere else then. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around yeah, yeah. those someplace else. So I'm like looking behind me in my bookcases. I still have not fixed the items, decorating my shelves. They're still only an inch tall. Next up is a clip from our guest appearance on the Decorating Tips and Tricks podcast, in which we dive into the highly controversial debate over organizing a book collection by spine color. Now, what do you think about the people that organize their books by color of the spine? Okay, so... I'm just starting something, aren't I? <laughs> I think that this is my unpopular opinion. I think that those people are not true book lovers. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so then we have to confess to you. Ooh, we oh sometimes no. pick our books by the color of the spine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, just for where they are, not for just, reading them. Not for reading, but just how you stack them. Right. You know, sure. If you're doing them at a coffee table, I want them to look nice together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I want I to enjoy them. Right. First I, think, and foremost, I think for a but... coffee table, that makes so much sense because that's like a design centerpiece. But mm -hmm. when it comes to like a whole bookcase, yeah. you know, there's probably better ways to, to organize that. Agreed. I've seen that done on the bookcase. It's not something it's not something we recommend, but right. I've seen it a lot we don't like color blocking anyway oh my god the horror of organizing by spine color <laughs> i wonder if any of our listeners will comment about this listeners please let us know how you organize your bookcase and i hope it's not this way but if it is all right own it whatever <laughs> i think we just alienated like 75 percent of books to like, 
They're like, unsubscribe. (laughs) Okay, moving on to nerdy moments. Tavia, I want that chair you were talking about when we were chatting with Jenny Colgan. Let's bring up that clip so the folks at home can remember and also ask you for that chair. My favorite place to read is the beach. And I, here in New York, we have the ocean beaches and you get like three to four months of like really hot weather where you can sort of lay on the beach and read. And last year for Christmas, my brother got me this beach chair and it's a full lounge chair. So you can lay completely flat on it. And there is a little hole where your head is. So there's like a little pad and you flip the pad back and then you can put your head in the hole and then you can put your book under the chair and you're not like propped up on your elbows, like laying on your stomach, like hurting your back and your neck. You can just lay flat and read with the book on the ground. Oh my That's God. It genius. is amazing. Okay, so that is called an ostrich chair. That's the brand name. And can I just say, I have had so many happy memories in that chair. Oh. Ah, oh. Laying on the beach, reading. It doesn't get any oh. better than that. Oh my God. So yeah, I definitely nerd out about that chair. And then Bianca, you had your little nerdy moment too. You took every opportunity <laughs> to talk about clothing on characters in any book where appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> but you really got into it when we were talking to Vanessa Riley about Island Queen. I loved how much hats played a role in this book, Tavia. In the beginning, we see Dolly, you know, she just wants a hat so badly. And then later on in the book, she is owning the finest hats in town. I just felt it was such a great symbol of her success. Listen, I am here to talk fashion and literature always. I'm always like, okay, what hat are they wearing? Like what shoes, what scarves? I'm like, I'm totally here for that. Okay, so as you all know, at the end of each episode, we ask each author to choose one affinity literary character. One thing that we were both surprised at is that three out of eight authors chose a Jane Austen character. Two of them chose Emma. And who were the authors, Tavia? So crazy. So Sally Thorne and Tracy Livesay each chose Emma and Bolu Babalola named Elizabeth from Pride and Prejudice. But I have to say, Punk Shepherd's pick was so fascinating to me. The idea of spending time in the real Tower of Babel. Let's listen to that clip. If you could be any character from any novel, who would you be? This is such a hard question. There's an author named Josiah Bancroft, and he wrote a series of four books called, uh, it's about the Tower of Babel, as if it's almost like a modern day theme park in a way. It's like a a real place that you can visit. It's a fantasy series and it's about a husband and wife that go to the Tower of Babel on their honeymoon or on vacation or something. But it's a real place that you can go and it's, you know, millions of levels high and every level is totally different and strange and magical. And and they get separated, of course. And so the last thing she says to him before they get separated is we're going to meet at the top. And so he's got to work his way all the way. It's so great. So I would definitely, I would be that guy. His name is Senlin. I would be Senlin, I think. Because I would just love amazing. the tower. Yeah. I didn't even know those books existed. The first one's called Senlin Ascends. That was a really good pick of puns. I don't think I'd heard of that book at the time. No. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like adding, you know, more books to my TBR list forever. <laughs> I also loved Jenny Colgan's answer. She chose Jasper Ford's series featuring the literary detective Thursday Next. I can't believe I had never heard of this series before, but I can totally see why she would choose it for her literary affinity character, because now I'm desperate to jump into this world, too. (laughs) I suspect I'm probably not the first person that's going to say Thursday next. 
Do you know I, who that is? You are. You are the first person. I am. Oh my goodness. Thursday next is she's a literary detective in the series of novels by a British writer called Jasper Ford. The first one of which is called The Air Affair, E-Y-R-E. -E. And she has to go in and out of novels and solve mysteries and crimes. And sometimes That's she's in Beatrice awesome. Potter. That's when she's in Jane Eyre. Sometimes she has to go into kind of gum, hard boiled thing. And she kind of solves wow. problems and she deals with Mrs. Rochester and she's brilliant. And she's kind of, she's what you would expect a kind of quite hard boiled detective to be like. But also, she's in Mary Shelley. And she just, that's it. She goes from book to book, solving things in the world of books. And now, everybody, it brings me so much joy and laughter to bring up the time that Susan turned the tables on us. She <laughs> refused to answer our literary affinity character question and tried to get us to answer instead. Let's play that clip. I'm going to ponder this and maybe next year or something. I'll do a Facebook post about it, but... I don't know. Yes, did you, how did you guys answer that question? You, you go around blithely asking it. Did you have an answer yourself? Oh, we answer on the last episode of the season. We reveal our answer. So we oh, have you take about the whole about season to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's the upside to being a co-host. We get to decide when we the timing for ourselves. Oh, I wish we had more than a half hour because I have so many questions I want to ask you guys and see how much information oh. I can wheedle out of you about some of the podcasts. But alas, I don't think we have the time. And you're lucky because these <laughs> would be really, really piercing questions that would put you on the spot. I think we finally have to appease Susan, Bianca. After all of these affinity characters, I am dying to know who yours is. I think it's about time. We both share this top secret information with our listeners. And so you know, listeners, we haven't discussed this beforehand. We are going in cold. Oh my God. All right, Tavia. Mine is Hermione from Harry Potter. Ah! <laughs> when you asked me, you were like, you ask me, like, oh, is this going to be a character I'm going to know? I'm like, yes, this is absolutely <laughs> going to be a character you're going to know, unless you've been living under a rock for decades. I just, it has to be Hermione. I, maybe it's the big curls. Maybe it's the love of books. Maybe it's the love of adventure. But I think I just feel like I identify with her a lot. And I also just want to be her. It's like almost being myself, but in a world of magic. I mean, yeah, of course, I, I've got to be Hermione. Yeah, that's that's really it. I well, just she is it. an amazing character. I totally understand why you picked her. I thought about it, but I didn't pick her because those books, like I know some people really, really connected with those books and they were sort of like this landmark moment in their lives. And right. I just read them for pleasure. So it, it wasn't like a book that sort of stuck with me as a as like a memory in my life, in my right. reading life. But yeah, no, she is amazing. And I just think she's such a strong, determined young woman. And I really, right. I really appreciate that about her character. Okay, so I, oh, so I'm excited. I can't wait to tell you mine. So <laughs> I'm I, so excited. So I'm going to tell you who I didn't choose, actually. Okay. Okay, <laughs> you didn't choose. <laughs> I didn't choose Laura Ingalls Wilder, even though I oh. reread the Little House on the Prairie books a million times when I was a kid, primarily because now as an adult, I just think that like living like a pioneer does not sound like fun. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So the other character that I really considered was Claire Fraser from Outlander. 
Oh my God. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, she yeah. gets to like roll around with Jamie Frazier. Like, hello. Like, come on. Yeah. You gotta do that. But <laughs> then I thought like, okay, no indoor plumbing, no antibiotics, yeah. no heating, no electricity. Like, you're, yeah. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I, Jamie was very enticing, but I had to pass on Claire Fraser. <laughs> also, she spends most of her life heartbroken without him. So I just, right. I just couldn't do it. So in the end, I too chose a magical character, Ooh. Bianca. I chose Elphaba from Wicked by Gregory Maguire. <gasps> Oh my God, I got chills. I literally <laughs> got chills. That is a great choice. So oh. I just love her fierce, independent spirit. I love how mm-hmm. she's kind of an outcast. And then she sort of embraces that role. Like initially she's sort of ostracized and then she chooses to make her own way and see things differently than the rest of the world. Right. And while I don't like the fact that she sort of dies in the end, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I just I just absolutely love her. I love how she finds yeah. love late in life and and just like really, really loves this person that she has a relationship with. I just think she's a fantastic, unforgettable character. And, you know, yeah. when I talk about Elva but I talk about the Elphaba from the book, not from the musical. Like mm-hmm, they're a little mm-hmm. bit different. Oh, I agree. Me too. I know. Yep. <laughs> and so that's my that's my affinity character, Elphaba. I think she is unapologetically herself, and I have so much respect for that, and I value that so much. So I, I that's a great choice. I didn't even think about her, and I'm like. Bianca, how could you not have thought of Elphaba? <laughs> I also choice. love how she's kind of intimidating. I I think it's cool yeah. for a woman to be intimidating. It's you know yeah. it's, it's hard to manifest that kind of energy as a woman. So good for her. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it! it I we've know. come to the end of the last episode. No. Ah, Let's do this season. all over again. <laughs> <laughs> We want to give a huge shout out to all of our listeners this season, whether you were here with us since our first episode or if you've just started listening. Welcome and thank you so much. Please stay in touch with us over the summer and do let us know what you're reading. Spend time with us on Instagram. I'm at Tavi Reads. And of course, you can also find us all the time at Book Club Girl. (laughs) And before we go, a big thank you to those who support us and make this show possible. Our team at Hangar Studios, Caroline Quash, Rosalia Ryan, Max Solomon. Thank you for bearing with us and making us sound like literary geniuses. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And to the larger Book Club Girl team, including Jennifer Hart, Amelia Wood, Francie Crawford, and Caitlin Harry. And we can't forget Kelly Rudolph, our fearless leader, Carlos Rosario, for diligently boosting our profile on social media, and Andrew Caberline, the man who provided every audiobook clip you listened to this season. And last... Thank you, everyone, so much. It really does take a big support team to put this podcast together every season, and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much. Until next season, I'm Tavia. And I'm Bianca. Happy reading and have a wonderful summer. Bye.